Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Tiffany Bond, who is running for Congress in Maine. Tiffany is running an unusual campaign, one that focuses more on Maine and the people of Maine than on her as a candidate. It's an interesting way of running for office, and I'll definitely be following her progress to see how it works for her. But Tiffany is something else, too. She's a mom. And that's certainly not unusual for a candidate and not even unusual for the candidates that I interview. And when you're a parent, you can't turn that off, even when the candidate you needs your game face on. That's all to say that while Tiffany and I were recording our conversation, her youngest was homesick. And he wanted nothing more than to be with, talk to, and play with his mom. Tiffany snapped into an out-of-candidate mode, trying to pacify him with activities and the promise of baking cookies later. She apologized profusely to me, then jumped right back into talking about the issues that her state faces. It was a real-life example of something that I ask a lot of my candidates about. How do you get it all done? Every candidate has days like this. It's real life. You have to roll with it and adapt. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's messy. And no, you aren't perfect. But anyone who expects you to be needs to grow up and probably needs a nap. So who are you and for what are you running? My name is Tiffany Bond, and I am running in the 2nd Congressional District for the U.S. House of Representatives. And where in the state is that located? Uh, Maine has two congressional districts, and they are split by population. So District 1 is a smaller, more urban, uh, although it still has a lot of rural district. And then District 2 is around 80% of the state. It's very rural. It's very spread out. And I'm actually running in District 2. Okay, so why did you decide to run? I'm a practicing family law attorney, and what I was running into in my practice is a lot of the laws that have been being written the last year or so have been really bad and very damaging, and they directly damage and impact my clients' lives, particularly clients in um, more rural, less financially advantaged areas. The A lot of the tax deductions, for example, the changes were not necessarily advantageous. A lot of the tr- changes that were proposed with health care law were not particularly useful. And I get to see firsthand not just how they impact me, but how they impact a lot of people at what for many of them will be one of the worst periods of their life where we're trying to reconfigure how their life works and how their family is going to function after a separation. And um, nobody was paying attention. <laughs> uh, what really what really frustrates me is it seems like a lot of people aren't reading these laws when they go in. And the words matter. The way they're put together really matters. And it really matters in a way that very directly impacts people's lives. On a state level, I, I think people tend to pay a little bit more attention because it's easier to get to your representatives. But the things that were being done in, down in D.C. and still continue to be done have been genuinely harmful to people. And um, as I watched people pile into the race, um, 
men, a lot of them. <laughs> At this point, I think I'm actually running against eight men. Um, there's a few that haven't withdrawn candidacies yet. They all seem like really nice guys, but they don't seem to actually know how the law works and how it how it impacts people. So, you know, part of it was feeling very ethically compelled to have somebody in that role that really knew how to put these documents together. And I, I've been reading federal law sort of recreationally and also professionally for about a decade now. And so they're, they're very technical documents that are hard to read and it's very hard skill to pick up. I think it's probably a little bit easier to pick up some of the policy choices. I think you may have just said something that I've never heard before, that you read law <laughs> recreationally. Yeah, I, you know, maybe send a therapist. <laughs> uh, I, I like the way that it's structured, and I like that you can write things in a variety of ways that all accomplish very different things. Um, one of the things I've really noticed this year is there's a lot of laws that are being written that sound super nice. Uh, mm -hmm. But they're not. The actual impact of them, uh, the fast forward button on them is is not nice. For example, um, there was a bill that was recently passed through the House. Um, I actually tweeted about this. That is uh, basically four substantive pages. It talks about all of the things that I like. It's uh, it's got education, it's got mediation, it's got the opportunity to fix stuff that's broken, and it was related to the American Disabilities Act. Okay, those sound great, but what they ended up doing is they ended up putting an enormous burden on people who are disabled on a law that's not even new. It's been around since 1990. And so if you weren't skilled in reading these things, and if you weren't skilled in how they are put together, you'd read it and think, oh, this is a great bill. They're trying to do all these things. And so a part of what intrigues me about federal law is really not not just knowing how to put them together, but knowing how they apply to real life situations. And I think that it's hard to have both of those things in a skill set. So that's what I find appealing about it. But I realize that might make me less fun at cocktail parties. <laughs> and I want to go back to something you said earlier, because I didn't realize just how rural Maine is until we were chatting before we started recording. And on your website, it mentions that there are parts of your district that you're running in that still has dial-up internet and high-speed is just not available. That's true. And it's a real problem here. We, we deal with that both um, on a local level and hopefully it'll get addressed federally because I know we're not the only congressional district that faces that challenge. But, you know, there's parts of the state where I can almost hear that noise in my mm -hmm. head. From the the early '90s, um, it, you definitely um, will have large areas, particularly those that don't have a lot of economic development, that do have no access to to the broadband. And it's it's a catch twenty two. How do you attract the jobs that make it viable to be able to put in that broadband? if you don't already have the broadband there. So that's something that I would see as a, a pretty high priority, not because it's the most important issue that we face as a country, but because it's something that really we shouldn't be dealing with in 2018. Uh, it's, it should be a totally bipartisan issue. And it's something that is a small thing that we can do relative to the budget that would really make a drastically positive impact for a, a large percentage of Americans Americans, especially if you're going by geography, there, there are lots of areas in the United States that don't have functional broadband coverage. Mm -hmm. So what's your day job? I, so I'm a, a family law attorney and mediator. So I'm a, a practicing attorney. 
What's your background? Have you always been political or is this like a new thing for you? Actually, if you Google me, I basically don't exist before 2017 <laughs> online. I'm very private. Um, I'm kind of a hermit. So this is this is a big departure for me in my personality. I've managed to be outgoing because it's required professionally. But you could probably put me in one of those places with no broadband and no power for extended periods of time, and I would be fine. Um, I, I have not always been an attorney. I'm second career. I've worked in marketing. I've, I've had a a real estate license in three different states. I have a, a pretty diverse, broad background for somebody who does what I do. I find it to be really helpful, for example, that I have a master's degree in business. And so when I'm working on divorces, it's a lot easier to handle complex separations of family businesses. We have more family business issues than other complex financial portfolios. But that same diversity is actually a very similar skill set to what you would need to be able to do um, congressional work, I, I think of work in the House, is predominantly focused on writing law, which is both understanding how it's written and understanding how it applies to others. And because I have had a, a sort of diverse background, when I find something interesting, I pursue it either as a hobby or professionally. Um, I, I do have a lot of bits of skill that I bring to the table. Uh, the problem is if you ask about my background and if you look at me on LinkedIn, you're going to be like, you've done a lot of really weird things. <laughs> and, and I have, uh, you know, I've I have multiple degrees. I've kind of worked in a lot of little industries. I I've sort of have gotten hobbies and turned those into careers or businesses, and then reinvent myself every few years. I don't think that's entirely unusual. I don't think it's unusual, but I think it's maybe unusual if you're running for office at a federal level. Mm -hmm. So why did you say, you know what, I'm gonna put myself in the spotlight and run for this office? I didn't see anybody running who was treating the job the way I thought it ought to be done. Mm -hmm. And if you look at my campaign, I don't campaign the way other people do. I don't accept campaign contributions. I'd rather focus on doing a good job at my day job now, making myself available for people who are interested in hiring me for the job of, of running for Congress. Um, and really, I don't see the role. I think a lot of people see the role. Like I see the role of being a congressional representative as focusing on good law and collaborating on that law with people with different points of view to get the best law that you can. You should you should be looking for law that's humane, that's financially efficient, that makes us a better place to be. And it doesn't seem like that's the environment we have right now. The only way to change that environment is to send different people. Why are you running as an independent rather than a more established, you know, Republican or Democrat? Once upon a time, I was a Republican. Mm -hmm. I am not now. Um, and I think it's because I don't really fit into any political party and I don't want to change for them and I don't want them to change for me. I have aspects of me that are very Republican, though you'll hear a lot of the ways that I talk. I talk about being um, fiscally responsible. I, I talk about not having too much government intervention. That sort of veers a little bit into libertarian, libertarian territory. 
Um, so there's parts of me that sound like a libertarian. And then you get me talking about, as, I, as I'm as i going into the cost efficiency, a lot of that goes into humanity too. A lot of the things that I say will sound an awful lot like a Democrat. There are things like healthcare, where whether I like it or you like it or anybody likes it, we are probably headed at some point in time in the not too distant future towards either a single payer or a universal system because financially there's just no other way to to accommodate what's been happening in healthcare than than to handle that. There's just not a better structural option. So instead of fighting about we need it immediately or we're never going to have it, we should be looking at the low-hanging fruit and saying, well, what can we do to improve healthcare for everybody in a way that saves us all money? And I think when you take a stance of either a hard Republican or hard Democrat, it's very difficult to have those conversations. And one of the things that I found that starts conversations is whether somebody is hard left or hard right, they start talking to me and they're like, oh, you're a Democrat or oh, you're a Republican. I say, I'm actually not. I'm neither one of those things. I just want good law. So I really want my loyalty to be to the law and to making sure that we have good, functional, humane, and cost-efficient law. And the parties don't really matter to me. It doesn't mean they don't matter in general. It doesn't mean that they don't have a necessary feature that they have. But I think that we need a few people like me in Congress who aren't as concerned with what letter is behind your name and are more concerned with what the actual words on the page say. Honey, I'm still here doing this. Can I finish up, please? Okay, so right here, Tiffany's sweet son came in to get his mom's attention. She persuaded him to go play with the promise of baking chocolate chip cookies with him later. I'm pointing out this interruption, not because it's the only one, or even the first interruption I've had on this show. But Tiffany came back from getting her son settled and went right into how being a parent isn't dissimilar from being a politician. And it was just too good a point to pass up on. It's a constant <laughs> negotiation, and, you know... It, it, Managing children isn't that different from managing grown-ups, right? Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, yelling works, but it usually doesn't. <laughs> really, I mean, chocolate chips is a pretty good motivator. It is. It is. Uh, you know, but when you're when you're managing kids, you you have to posture it how they can understand it and how they can mm -hmm. appreciate it, and that's really not very different than what I do with grown-ups all the time, right? I mean, it's. We've lost the skill and the desire to have the skill of framing information, how people can absorb it. I can mm -hmm. take the same piece of information, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, and it can be a piece of information that you agree on, but because we framed our information so differently these days, most people can't hear the information from the other side, even though we all want the same thing, right? We want to raise our kids and our families in a, in a safe environment where we feel like we have the freedom to pursue our goals and dreams and and people aren't too much in our business that's about what everybody wants and we want to have safe schools and we want to have roads that don't have holes in them and we want to have access to a government that isn't oppressive but is helpful so what has the process of running been like for you so far well, I have a different um, thing that I, because I'm independent, I don't have the same requirements that a lot of the parties do. So I don't have a party primary. I just go straight to um, the ballot if I get the signatures and I'm a good chunk into gathering the signatures, um, which frees up a lot of stress, right? I don't, I don't have to worry as much about money. I don't have to worry as much about impressing people. I can just be me. 
on your Twitter feed, I noticed this main rising hashtag. And it's super interesting because you've been asking people to donate to nonprofits and other organizations instead of your instead of your campaign. So what was the idea behind this? What where main raising came from is I was talking with a few folks and we're talking about money in politics and it's just awful and there has to be a better way to build awareness without the millions of dollars that are wasted every year in the campaigns that we run locally. And that money could be doing better things, right? Uh, you know, we had a really cold winter this year, and we have heating oil funds where they are just short. They don't have the money to be able to give to people so that they can stay warm. We have a large amount of my constituents that are picking between being warm and having food, and that's just not okay. And it's certainly not okay in America. So. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about ways that I can improve things for the constituents. There is so much money in politics that's just wasted on things that we don't like, right? Uh, There's TV ads most of the time. They're not very nice. There's tons of flyers we get that just end up in the recycle and very few people read. And that money could be going to much greater causes. So. I was trying to find a way to be able to make the lives of my constituents better while Mm -hmm. at the same time gaining awareness and and also removing any ethical issues. I don't want my vote, my opinion to belong to anything other than the constituents and the law. That's it. That's where it belongs. So instead of people giving me money, if you're going to give me $5 or $2,700, however much you want to give me, I would rather that either be channeled towards a not-for-profit. So every month I've been highlighting a different not-for-profit. And I I say month, but they're month-ish, and they don't Mm -hmm. exactly line up with the calendar month, so they can be staggered a little bit. Right now I have people, um, I'm asking people to give to food banks, and I've listed a couple, but any food bank in the district and to write either on your check or your donation form that it is inspired by the campaign. Uh, Last month it was heating oil funds. Next month it's going to be domestic violence and family violence um, assistance. And then not not everybody wants to donate. (laughs) It's a very heavy season for campaigning. There are a lot of candidates both locally and nationally. Um, I think in the race that I'm in, the top it was either 11 or 12 of us running. We have around two dozen running for governor. So we have a lot of candidates. And to help small businesses, I thought, well, maybe there should be a shopping option too. Um, so so for shopping this month, I have people going on Etsy and finding their favorite Etsy seller in Maine and putting the campaign message in there. Last month, um, we had people go through and find a local bookstore. We published a list of every local bookseller we could find in the district. Call up, place a phone order for any book that you want, and just give the campaign message while you're placing it. Say, you know, I'm, I'm placing an order with you because I want to support Tiffany Bond for Congress. And the goal is to let people know that I'm actually out there to help and I am constructively helping. And then it's also to help. (laughs) It's not just about passing the message that we want to help our districts. We should be doing the best we can to help our districts. So next month, I'm going to be asking people to buy seeds from local Maine growers. And they can grow their own pieces of Maine after that. There'll be a different promotion. And I'm going to continue that all the way through the election. What we should be trying to do is both make good law and, and make the lives of our constituents a little bit better through law and through economic policy. That's fantastic. 
I mean, really, it is putting yourself in a position to you can actually like take money away from your campaign, but put it back into the community. Well, there isn't any money in my campaign. So I'm self-funding and I'm uh, my goal is to spend less than five thousand dollars. And I challenge people every month. So every month I do the three things. I do the shopping main raising. I do the donate main raising. And I do a free thing. Um, Right now I'm asking people to make their own campaign signs. And I I figure people are a lot more creative than I am. I am definitely not a a creative genius. And they can come up with way better signs that I can that are way more personal, that are way more fun. But you shouldn't have to have money to run for office. You shouldn't have to have money to make the country a better place. And law should not be dependent on those financial resources. Good law should be what's best for the country, not what's available for purchase. Awesome. Just simply awesome. So how can people get involved with your campaign? Sure. Well, they can do a main raising. (laughs) We have some lovely artisanal (laughs) jams we sell in Maine and a variety of other products. Actually, there's some great stuff um, that we sell in Maine from L.L. Bean gear all the way to custom made carved wooden products. And I I don't think I've found very much that I couldn't find in Maine. Um, So please go shop in Maine. That would be great. We'd love it. Uh, make sure to use the campaign message. So it's it's like a virtual door knock for me. If you've thought to yourself, I'd really like to help one candidate today, but I'm kind of lazy and I don't want to change out of my pajamas. And I just want to tell one other person that there's this candidate I love, but you know, I'd also like to do it in flannel without leaving my home. This is a great way to do it. It's, it's much less offensive or annoying than showing up somebody's house at eight in the morning. And it's, it's a great way to make the campaign better, and it's a great way to make Maine better and help our economy. So participate in that. Participate in the donation one. Make a sign. Take a picture. Put it online. Online, you can find me at Twitter. I'm at Tiffany Bond. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. It's uh, just facebook.com forward slash bond 2018. I'm also on Instagram. Um, I'm at Tiffany L. Bond. I wasn't apparently ambitious enough to get an Instagram account early enough to not use a middle initial. Um, And then my website is bond2018.com. And and the best way you can help is just to share the message um, and to really encourage people to choose candidates that choose differently. The things that I'm doing aren't that novel. They're not that creative. Anybody could run a campaign like this. Anybody could say, I don't want money. Anybody could say, I just want good law. And that should be enough with the tools we have today to be able to get the press and the coverage where you don't need millions of dollars for commercials. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me. I feel like you're going to have a lot of editing. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And that's it for today. Thanks to Tiffany Bond for chatting with me. You can find out more about her and her campaign at bond2018.com or on Facebook and Twitter. You can find her at at Tiffany Bond. That's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-B-O-N-D. But more importantly, check out the hashtag Maine Raising to see how you can get involved. And while you're already on Twitter, you should find and follow the podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at She's Running Pod. You can also help other people find this show by going to iTunes and giving us an awesome review. That's it for today. Thanks. Talk to you soon.
That's it. Thanks for today. Nope. <laughs>